Iustorum anime in mano Dei sunt, visi sunt oculis in sipientium mori, iriautem sunt in pace. The souls of the just are in the hand of God. They seemed in the view of the foolish to be dead, but they are in peace. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. The world grows cold, and the hours of darkness advance in these final months of our year. The trees are barren and the harvest has come. The wilting flowers and fleeing birds announce that winter is near. It is fitting then that as the earth prepares for the end of her seasons, we look to the end of our days, that we lift our eyes to the mountains, as the psalmist says, from whence comes our help. As the world grows cold, so too have our hearts. We have witnessed scandal upon scandal in recent days at the highest levels of our government, at the highest levels of our church. With the psalmist again, we might exclaim, was it all in vain that I washed my hands among the innocent? Was it in vain that I have kept my heart pure, that I have kept the commandments, that I have believed the dogmas of the church and devoted myself to her most holy and solemn rites? The collect for the feast of the stigmata of St. Francis speaks of a world grown cold in which the charity of a saint was ignited to fight the hatred and sin that had descended upon the Christian world. But once more with the psalmist, we cry, Where today is our sign? There is no prophet for us now. Where is our great saint to save us? How long will this, our tribulation, last? We have watched helplessly as our adversary Satan advances, for we know with St. Paul that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual hosts of wickedness. Behind every evil politician and unworthy prelate, behind every errant doctrine, behind every revolt against our Lord and Holy Church, has been but one cry, non servia, I will not serve Christ the King. It is the battle cry of the accuser, of the fallen angel our Lord called the father of lies and a murderer from the beginning. Everywhere, we see him victorious as a culture of death grips our society, the education of our children, our government, and yes, even our church. The evil in our present world seems so abundant that we could not explain it by merely human causes, and so, by their effects, we know the presence of our enemies. We see the standards of the many legions of fallen angels arrayed for battle against us in this valley of tears. And as we, the helpless few, try to live good Christian lives as the cold darkness of sin has been cast all around us, how could we feel but abandoned and alone? Then, as if in the midst of battle we saw yesterday on the feast of our King a light crest over the mountain beyond our valley of tears, we saw appear in the Holy Eucharist the standard of the cross and a rider on a white horse. St. John in his Apocalypse tells us, Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name inscribed that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. 
He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But Christ our King is not alone, as St. John says. Wearing fine linen, white and pure, we're following him on white horses, the armies of heaven. Coming over that same mountain, ready to relieve the church militant, is a countless army surrounding our king. Chesterton once quipped in his book, Orthodoxy, that tradition means giving a vote to the most obscure of all classes, our ancestors. It is the democracy of the dead. But in Holy Church, we know that Chesterton was more right than he at that time knew, for the saints are not dead, but alive. From the moment St. Stephen fell under a rain of stones, from the moment St. Miguel Pro fell under a rain of bullets, from the moment St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas shuffled off their mortal coils to leap into the arms of the truth that they had always loved, from the moment a sword separated St. Paul's head and united him forever to the head of the church, from the moment St. Peter expired nailed to a reverse cross, seeing the world upside down, Again, as Chesterton says, seeing it in its true light, as though the world were hanging in the midst of nothing, held only by the mercy of God. From the moment St. Teresa the Great and the little St. Therese were consumed by the ecstatic love that they had long desired and felt, from the moment our Blessed Mother, her immaculate heart of flame, flew in her assumption from this life to the life to come, from all these moments, precious in the eyes of our God, The saints are not dead, but alive. The day we know is the death of a saint, Holy Church calls his dies natalis, his birth into eternal life. They live more truly now than we, even if they do not yet enjoy their beatitude perfectly, having not yet been reunited to their bodies. For St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that in God, to live is to understand. Having crossed into eternal life, Every saint has crossed from the fog of the night of this so-called life into the eternal day where every cross and struggle of this earthly battle at last finds its reason and reward in the loving heart of the eternal and living God. The saints have closed their earthly eyes so that they at last could truly see. Holy Church bids us honor them today, cry to them, call upon their aid, but not as if their help were distant, Their words a mere echo, their works a mere vestige. Just as each of our Lord's mysteries celebrated in the liturgical year are alive, because He is alive, imparting the grace of His passion and cross, His glorious resurrection and ascension, as He lives and is present on our most blessed altars, so too the feasts of the saints and this feast of all saints are not mere commemorations, but glimpses into the heavenly life that is to be ours, that is ours, if we would but seize it. The gospel for today is fittingly the heart of the doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount. Our divine lawgiver and new Moses is seated and solemnly speaks to us of the new law. We can see in the Beatitudes the veiled image of Christ himself. As Benedict XVI reminds us, no one is poorer in spirit than Christ whose only bread is to do the will of the Father. No one is more meek and humble of heart than the shepherd running to save his poor lost sheep. 
whose heart is purer than that of he who enjoyed the vision of his heavenly father at every moment of his earthly life, who is a greater artisan of peace than he who restores our peace in his blood, who has suffered more for the love of God than the lamb that was slain. Just as these beatitudes are a veiled image of Christ himself, so too is the flowing tapestry of the heavenly host that flows before us today. In each saint, inscribed on our liturgical calendars, or merely in our hearts and known only to God, the same features of our Lord's blessed face are seen and known. They have followed him in poverty, in humility and mercy. They have warred against the devil and themselves to be artisans of peace. They have known the joy that the apostles so prized, as we read in their acts, to suffer for the holy name of our God. As he lives, so do they, ready to assist us if we would but call on their aid. In our struggle against the evil infiltrating the church, our nations, and our hearts, we feel outnumbered and outmatched, but we are wrong. The Beatitudes turn the vision of merely human joy, like the crucified St. Peter, on its head. Our Lord despised a passing earthly happiness to sanctify suffering and make it the portal to our eternal felicity. This great feast, too, reminds us that just as the world's joy is apparent, so too is its victory over our Holy Mother Church. That it is not we, but our enemies, who are a minority. Heretics abound in the hierarchy on earth, but all the champions of truth, like Gregory and Leo, Augustine and Aquinas, are alive, while those whited sepulchres and false prophets are the walking dead. Our rulers drain the life from our nations and champion the cause of death. But the saintly Louis IX and Edward the Confessor, the emperors Henry and Blessed Carl, are alive reigning with our Lord. Ultimately, what is this our poor world but a contested province of the next? We glimpse today our heavenly country, the realm of Christ our King, whose citizens, as St. John tells us, are innumerable. Countless saints have donned their armor, eagerly waiting for invocations to fall from our lips so that they might, ri- that they might rush headlong into battle to relieve us. Let us do so then in confidence, for the world as it appears is not as it truly is. In but a short time, our King and our Queen, His Blessed Mother, will ride at the head of their legions to break the siege of our enemies. Let us then, by our prayers, Hasten the coming of the saints and the hour of our victory. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.